You're like little Uzi Vert. Right. Because, um, you know, it's really hard to write, like, breakup songs when you're happy. And that's funny. <laughs> and so for me, it was like, okay, what do I want to portray in this? And it was like, it's really hard to end a relationship when it's, there's nothing really bad on paper. It's just that I want to be single and I want to focus on me. Yo, this is Leo Black exclusively at Dame Dash Studios, and this is the Leo Black Show. And this is the Leo Black Show with our special guest, Wednesday. What's up? What's up? How are you? Yo, long time no see, right? I know. I think the last time I saw you was San Diego, right? Yeah, that was lit. I mean, that the was show. lit. And I we were like it. standing on the table, and the ceiling was really low. And I was like, oh God, I'm going to die. That was fun, though. Because you was. came out and you did the song. You're my you God. some more. I came out on your set. Yes. Do some more. My favorite song. <laughs> it really, you know what's really funny about that song? It's like, I hold it. It's like in my back pocket. So like the minute the crowd, it's like, I got like eight minutes left and the crowd's kind of dying. I just throw that one in there and it brings everyone back. Heavy bass. Heavy, heavy big bass. Big rhythm, big rhythm records. I mean, speaking of rhythm, how did you get started in dubstep? Um, so I got into dubstep because my brother is obviously Dak Daniels. Um, and Tanner really, so I've been DJing for like 10 years prior to producing music and kind of, I guess, starting like this new Wednesday project. Um, but Tanner obviously had been in dubstep and was producing for like three years before me. So that was like really my introduction to like my na like now friends and peers in the scene. But I mean, I was like fucking with guys like Skrillex and Flex Pavilion and all those like OGs. Like I would just be, would be going to raves. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, yeah, because of Tanner, like, you know, obviously I saw him produce, I wanted to produce, and that was kind of really the first genre that, like, I learned from. And then it wasn't until I kind of realized that, because I love house music, and so once I realized that, like, bass house was a thing, and I could kind of combine the two, that's kind of when I think my project really had, like, some substance behind it, and, like, kind of had, like, a clear vision of, like, okay, this is what the Wednesday project is. I mean, and bass house is just, like, a new genre. It's something new you got on it very early. Yeah. Um, so how did that happen? Um, so for me, like, I really didn't know that Bass House was a, a thing ever. Um, and some of the guys who I looked up to in the dubstep scene were like, Abstract was a big one. Um, and Abstract was really like the first one that I saw who he would go from dubstep to like a 150 to a 128, which is house. And he basically had to, you have to make tunes that kind of can journey you through that. Um, then obviously you have guys like Jaws as well who were kind of pioneers of that sound. So it w for me, it was like this perfect marriage of like the songs that and the music that I was introduced to producing, but the stuff that I was really interested in. Not that I don't love dubstep and rhythm. It just for me, I found myself, it was kind of becoming a chore to like sit down and make this music because it, it wasn't what on the weekends I was going to see or the, the shows that I wanted to see. And so... Basically, I could take my, like, super deep house, like, techno vibes and then kind of marry that with what I've been working on, especially with my brother and some of my other friends. So it's cool. And for me, it allows my sets to kind of jump around. You've seen them before. Like, I can jump from really heavy. I can go really deep and, and kind of go back and forth. And especially coming from, like, the open format hip-hop scene where, like, that's kind of what open format is, is you're kind of going from a Michael Jackson to a Britney Spears to an Ariana Grande to Sam Smith. You're kind of all over the place. Um, and so this genre really allows me to kind of like move, especially in my live shows, because otherwise I'll go crazy. Yo, and speaking of family, you mentioned your brother, Dag Daniels. Yep. Um, obviously, you talked about being inspired by him. 
Um, how did that come about? And so I was literally DJing nightclubs like five nights a week. And then Tanner at that time, he was doing production, but kind of more inspired on like the video game side, making sounds. And, that, you know, obviously I think that kind of is what led into like dubstep and stuff. Um, and then obviously, so he went to Icon produ Production School. I went to Icon Collective soon after that. And so it was really just kind of being inspired. Like for me, like I love the art of DJing. Um, however, you tap out at a certain point because at the end of the day, you're still playing a playlist of like what's popular. And with production and, and making music, there's kind of no bounds to that, right? If you want to remix the song or like, you didn't have to, I didn't have to wait around for like an edit to be made of like, whatever it was cool, you know what I mean? Or like the 50th like million worst Taiga edit ever. You're just like, oh God, like this is, you know what I mean? So I think for me, it was seeing how Tanner kind of had no limits and could kind of just make whatever popped into his head. And then obviously too, the freedom with sets, like when, it, when it's your own project, you can kind of do whatever you want. Versus if you're at a nightclub like a One Oak or something, you're very much bound by like what those people are paying to see and what they want to see and what's popular whether or not you like it or not. So it was just kind of a, a freedom thing that I think was really inspiring. That's big facts. <laughs> um, shout out Icon Collective. Shout I out. love them in Burbank. They're um, the best. I, I've been to their school a couple of times, learned some things. Yeah. Shout out Icon, man. Good people there. I know. I mean, I literally went to Icon. I didn't even know how to open Ableton. Yo, Wednesday. So what's your relationship status right now? Oh, God. <laughs> um, it's funny because I write the best music when I'm sad. You're like Lil Uzi Vert. Right. Because, um, you know, it's really hard to write, like, breakup songs when you're happy. And that's funny. <laughs> and so for me, it was like, okay, what do I want to portray in this? And it was like, it's really hard to end a relationship when it's, there's nothing really bad on paper. It's just that I want to be single and I want to focus on me. And so, and what was really cool about that is when I got Kevin Flum on track, who's a vocalist, we talked about that vocal. I told him kind of, like, the story behind it. I taught him a little bit about my relationship. He wrote the vocal in, like, 24 hours. But what's cool is that it's, even though it's him singing or rapping it, it's it's my words, which is cool. Um, which is a, another thing I think a lot of people, when they when the, we did the video, they were expecting this, like, breakup video. They were expecting this guy to come in who was kind of hot, who was going to, like, break my heart, and I was going to cry about it. And I was like, no, no. Like, that's not, that's not the narrative we're portraying, right? Like, that's, the narrative is that I'm a boss bitch, and you were in my way, and you didn't keep up with me, so get the fuck out of my way. That, that's what it is. Right. And so it, and, but it's sad because it's really sad to tell this person that you love, like, yo, you're just like not keeping up with me. And like, you're literally slowing me down. Like, that's a very heartbreaking thing. And like a really mean thing to say to someone, you know, well, I mean, men been doing it this whole time. I feel like <laughs> women should be able to do that too. Just be unapologetic right. about it. Right. Um, now, do you have any celebrity crutches? <laughs> yes. Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. It's Jonah. I'm in love with, I'm, I love Jonah Hill. And it's really funny because I think he must live in Silver Lake because he's often in Silver Lake a lot. And my friends will always text me like, Jonah's here. And I'm like, fuck. Anyways, and I love fat Jonah and skinny Jonah. I just want to clarify. Because if you didn't love Jonah fat, you do not get him skinny. Yeah, Jonah Hill. You're, you're good at so many things. You're multi-talented. Um, you're into uh, merch. You create yeah. that. You're into music. You have your own radio show. Yeah. You're the co-founder of a cult. <laughs> Can we talk about 40OZ cult? 40 OZ cult. So where did 40 OZ cult stem from? So 40 ounce cult is the opposite of bottle service culture. That's what we tell everyone. And it actually started with Tanner, my brother, and Hami, who's like our best friend. Um, they were both skateboarders. Hami's a professional skateboarder. Tanner was skateboarding at the time. And really it was kind of the opposite of like what I was doing, what I was living, which was bottle service nightclubs five days a week. And I like hated myself. 
Um, and the thing was for us is, we, you know, we were like a bunch of us skate kids. Like they were skateboarding. I was just dating skateboarders. Um, and we were broke, so we were just buying 40s. And so it was kind of this like we wanted something that was super relatable and super tangible. And then obviously where Tanner and I grew up in the Bay Area, like San Francisco kind of was big into like the 70s, like cult phenomena. So it was kind of also an homage to that. So really it's just like just come join us because we're accessible and relatable. Nice. And you yeah. talked about your creativity. Yeah. Um, you got the snakeskin boots. You have the blonde hair. You got the drip on the neck, <laughs> a puffy jacket. I mean, what inspired your drip? Um, I, I play dress up every day. I don't think that you should have any specific style. Um, the thing was, like, when I, I went through these, like, weird growing pains, especially DJing hip-hop, like, where when my first manager when I did hip-hop, the first night I ever went to work, I was, like, in this cute dress. I was in my heels. I was feeling myself. And he told me, he was like, if you don't come back tomorrow night in a jersey and Timberlands, no one here is going to take you seriously. And so for a very, very long time, I hid the feminine side of me. Like, I literally rocked cornrows. And I didn't have my nails done. And I wore a grill. And it, w- and it wasn't even an appropriation thing. It was just that was who I was. No, but it wasn't like, and I, I don't mean to say that because I wasn't trying, it wasn't a costume, right? I wasn't trying to be something I wasn't. But who my peers were, that's what they were wearing. They were wearing black Tims. They were wearing Raiders jerseys. They were doing their hair. And so for me, it was like, how can I dress so that I can make the least splash? Where people won't look that I'm a female or they won't look at me because I have tits. They'll just hear the music I'm playing. And I did that for a very, very long time. And I hated myself because I really like getting my hair done and I really like putting makeup on. And, and it wasn't until this Wednesday project where I was kind of like, whoa, like I can, I can kind of pull out this campy side and the dress up side and people will still take me just as seriously as if I was wearing sweatpants or a jersey. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think, it, especially for women in the scene, like you're very, very harshly criticized on like what you wear because the minute uh. you wear heels, well, it's true because it's the minute I wear the heels, everyone's like, oh, which guy made her music? Who made her set for? Oh, I bet she's dating Leo. Like, you know, the, the, the questions start coming out, you know? And you mentioned you spin hip-hop. Um, <laughs> yes. What hip-hop artists you had in rotation? I love Kanye. Not new Kanye, old Kanye. Um, Drake. I love Tupac. I, my, my dad raised me on, like, my dad's from the West Coast, so literally driving to school, it was like Dr. Dre and Tupac. And we weren't allowed to listen to Biggie because, like, that was East Coast. Like, so that's, you know, and so I love that. And especially, like, being here in the, you know, Nipsey Hustles from L.A. And so there's so many cool L.A.-based rappers. That's facts. I mean, what advice would you give to an upcoming DJ who is just hopping into producing and doing shows and just the whole line out just from transitioning into L.A. Yeah. and the scene in general? What advice would you give? I think the people who are getting booked to play are the people who have music that people connect to who they want to see live and then it, you elaborating on that for me like that was a that was a turning point with heartbreak house was that i was kind of all over the map i was making this kind of sound i was making this kind of song and when it came to heartbreak house i really dialed in the sounds i wanted the message i wanted the bpm that i wanted you know, everything kind of came together and then i built this whole show around it which was obviously with the theme of love and breakups and like it, dating sucks and from there, that was when really the show started picking up because then people were like, okay, cool. This is, you either inspire me or this got me through something or I want to see what else is next. And so I think really just being patient and honing your craft and, and making sure the music's right because I think, too, a lot of people get thrown in situations where they're not ready and then they play a show and it doesn't do well and that's the first impression as well. So, you know, really really make sure you love what you're doing and, and you know, that's the most important, too, is that you have to make sure you love and connect to your own project. So if you're just doing it to 
make money or be famous, and it's I, it, there's no longevity in that. That's facts. Mm -hmm. You saw it. <laughs>